Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. And here we are on day three. And part two of being united in love. So what we're doing is, this is uh, something Melissa has deemed Nutty November. And in Nutty (laughs) November, we're doing 30 days to a closer connection with your spouse. And uh, as we looked at yesterday, uh, some of these could be uh, 30 days to a closer connection with your fiancé. Yeah. And also, it might be 30 days to realize you don't need to marry this person. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) Or 30 days to realize our marriage is a total mess, and what are we going to do about it? So these... uh, these are things to diagnose, and we are not, I mean, we're, we're not like marriage counselors in any professional sense of the word, um, but, you know, as a pastor, we do counseling, and there, Melissa, um, Melissa is very wise, I, that's one of the reasons I married her, is because she's so, she has very good relationship instincts, and so um, I would say this would be, this is beneficial, um, and things that we've learned over the past 20 years. And I guess experience is one of the best teachers. That's true. So we haven't really taken a course in this except the course of just the, the, just, just the, the course of what am I trying to say? What do we call that? You know, <laughs> laugh, laugh, Hard knock. just laugh university, <laughs> the university of life. We've uh, studied at the university of life. And so we're talking about, this is part two of being uh, united in love, fully united in love, loving uh, your, your spouse with, your whole self and loving their whole self and looking to make sure that you're compatible in that way. So yesterday we talked about uh, there are there are Melissa said there's hard ways and easy ways of being married. Easier ways. Hard okay yeah hard, <laughs> hard ways and easier ways. Marriage is always hard, but there are easier ways to be married. So the first two before we get into the third one, the first two are marry someone who's friendly and pleasant. And if you're already married. Try to be a friendly and pleasant person. <laughs> yeah. And number two is make sure before you marry, if you're searching for a spouse right now, you want to find someone that you can love in, in different areas of compatibility, like mentally, like in an intellectually stimulating sort of way, sexually and spiritually. When we say sexually, we don't mean have sex with a person to find out if you're sexually compatible. No. Yeah, but you should be sexually attracted to them. Yes, absolutely. So we would, yeah, let, let's go through that. Um, you know, you don't need to be having um, sex with someone you're not married to. That but goes, you need to want to have sex. But but that should be like, <laughs> the that's, you know, and that's the thing is people say, well, you know, one of the problems with you Christians is you don't really know if you're really compatible because you can't. All you can think about is that you want to have sex and you're not letting yourself do that before you get married. Um, that is just a really low view. I mean, that may be the way it is for some people. Uh, we need to work, fight against that because that's not that's not a very good way of thinking about compatibility. But there should be, and that's not the most important thing of about marriage. I mean, there's still, you know, the other 23 hours and... 45 minutes of the <laughs> the day that you have to, you know, be married to each other. Uh, so you, sexual compatibility is, is a kind of a, it, it's a major thing, but it's not the, the main thing. It's just an important thing. So, yeah, we were talking last week about, or yesterday, about uh, being, having the same sort of, like the, the when an issue comes up, it should sort of strike you both the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're going to explore that one more. Two things I forgot to mention is 
and I don't know, this is a, this may offend people, so, but I'm good at that. <laughs> is, man, you know, if you, you don't want to get into a situation where you marry someone who is not intellectually compatible with you, um, where you like to read books and they think reading books is stupid. Or um, you've got, you know, and, and, I, and I wouldn't say that, of course, there's exceptions to every rule. But it's, it's hard if you can't have a meaningful conversation with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe you both don't like to read books and you just like to watch uh, NASCAR races or whatever, you would, whatever you're into. Um, and, and you kind of mentally are at the same level. Uh, that's okay. You well, know. you want you want to you want to look for someone who has at least some similar interests. Yeah. Um, a lot of conflict comes up whenever whenever there's a couple that they there is nothing that they both like to do. Yeah. And if you're in a marriage where you feel that way, there's something there's something out there. Find something that you both enjoy doing and seek to do that together because that's it's a bonding experience to have. You know, you shouldn't be living two separate lives. Yeah, and I and I think part of the problem when that comes in is that you just have people that they're they're just not compatible in the way that they think and right. the things things that they're interested in. If you have one spouse who's curious about things and they want to learn, and the other spouse is just content to read People magazine, well, you're you're just not going to be compatible. Uh, another, and, and that kind of goes towards your background, even your education background. Um, you know. Where did one grows up in the city, one grows up in the country, and you just think about things in a different way. I'm not saying that that's a barrier to marriage, but that's a consideration. So, well, it's something that it's it's the kind of thing that can make marriage harder. Mm-hmm. And nobody likes to hear that because they're like, that, that takes all the romantic notions out of it. Right. But but one of the things that makes a marriage successful is when you are compatible in those ways where you right. where you both kind of. When things come at you, they, they hit you in the same way. So let's move. So marry a friendly person, pleasant person. Um, make sure you can completely love that person uh, and that you're you're compatible. Um, now, some people wind up getting married, and they 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 realize upon the marriage. I think this is a normal thing. I think definitely happens in our marriage. Um, where you get married and all of a sudden it's like you're snapped back into reality and you had been viewing this person through through a lens that uh, was not necessarily realistic. Right. And then you wake up and you're married to this person that has flaws. Right. And people get into a situation where, you know, because when you start to live with somebody, the flaws are magnified. Mm-hmm. Because you weren't having to put up with this or deal with this before. Right. You know? Um, And you could get into a situation where you think, oh my goodness. I I have not, I've married this person and it was not God's will for us to be married. Mm. They have all these flaws I didn't know about. It's going to be impossible for me to be married to this person for the rest of my life. But when you get married to somebody, that's God's will now. (laughs) you know there might have been ways that you could have made a better decision but this is the decision that you made and the way that god's will works and it's compatible his will and our 
free choices are compatible somehow that we don't understand, it's God's will because it happened. And so, uh, in some sense anyway, and it might not be ideal, it might not be according to his word, but here's the marriage that you have, and this is the marriage you're going to have for the rest of your life. And so, how do we deal with the flaws? Well, um, you know, they say that love is blind, and... And in marriage, think, marriage, you start to see. I think when I think in the dating phase, that's true. That love is blind. You you just choose not to see a lot of things, maybe that are obvious to other people. It's kind of good, though, right? Yeah, it it is good. <laughs> so the but what I what I would like to say about a Christian marriage is it should be it shouldn't be that love is blind, <clears throat> but it should be that love overlooks a lot of things, and so try to be aware as you can be, of your spouse's imperfections. Um, But choose to overlook most of them, you know? I mean, you want people to overlook your flaws and imperfections. So in in marriage, we're all imperfect. You're going to be shocked by some things you find out about your spouse. Now, we always have to add the caveat that if we're talking, if, if you get married and you realize you've married an abusive person mm-hmm. you've married somebody who's beating you up or who's scaring you that's a mm-hmm. totally different story yeah. we're just talking about typical <clears throat> flaws and imperfections that people have yeah and there's some there's some things you need to look for those imperfections and, fl- and flaws that that would be deal breakers and um, i think that it's wise for you to go to people that know you well and that know this person that you're going to marry before you marry them and say, what do you think about him? Or what mm-hmm. do you think about her? What are your feelings about how we would be as a as a couple? What do you see in him or her that maybe I'm not seeing? And it's it, it might not be things that are easy to hear. <clears throat> yeah. But I can guarantee you, if your family and friends are opposed to the person that you're going to marry, there's a reason why. Yeah. And you need to pay attention to that. They may be seeing flaws that you're choosing to be totally blind to. Yeah, and you just have to be you, you have to be um, realistic and not make some kind of mistake getting into a marriage. You, that, like Melissa is saying here, you know, if you're marrying someone who's cruel, and they're cruel to people and they're mean to people and the things that they say are awful, but they're really nice to you. It's just a matter of time before they're cruel and mean and awful to you. So, you know, they've got you built up on a pedestal and that pedestal will come down. Um, Red red flags that you're marrying an abusive person would be somebody who um, flies off the handle, throws things, slams things. Somebody who hurts animals or innocent things. Is mean to children. Somebody who has a mean streak in them. Because remember, when you're dating, you're... Everyone is on their very best behavior. If you're already seeing bad behavior and scary signs in someone, then those are only going to be magnified after you get married. Yeah, yeah. So know the flaws. And then, you know, there, there would be flaws where you say, you know, I can, I can look at it honestly. So I can deal with this. And I realize, you know, that they leave their clothes laying around or, or they don't make their bed or, you know, I'm trying to think of other flaws. What would be other flaws in a marriage? Well, one of the biggest ones when we got married that was very shocking to Chad was the state of my closet. Oh, yeah. I just kind of get over it now. Yeah. It was, in, in the beginning, it was really hard for both of us because he had this very precise, well-organized closet. My closet was an explosion of everything. 
and it annoyed me that his closet was so clean and it annoyed him that mine was so dirty. It annoyed you that mine was clean? Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, that's just a small example, but there are billions of things like that that you're going to learn about your spouse. But I do, I do, I do have a great closet, right? You do. <laughs> There's a system. I've got all my suits on one. I've got my suits, then my ties, then my belts, then my pants, then my long sleeve button-up shirts, then my short sleeve button-up shirts, then my golf shirts, then my short sleeve t-shirts. Then in the back, I reserve that for sweaters and jackets. It's just amazing. It's yeah. phenomenal. And I, I think my closet, in a lot of ways, has improved through the years. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> have you seen it today? But I, I have, I, you, just trust me, it's better than okay, it used to be. Okay, okay, yeah. It's partly because everybody throws stuff in my closet. I was throwing stuff in it last night. When people just, clean up our room, just, they throw stuff in my yeah, closet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they know, anyway. They know better than that with me, because I'm like... <laughs> I need you guys to go ahead and count and organize all my ties by color. <laughs> There's like 180 ties in there. I do have like a, a tie addiction. Every time I see a seven ninety nine dollar a seven seven dollar ninety nine cent tie at TJ Maxx or Ross, I buy it. But at least it's something cheap, you know. Yeah, because it's, it's like something you can afford. Okay, the other thing the other thing is is you know their flaws, but also know their best qualities. Yes. I mean, that's that's one way to really be united in love is to be able to appreciate what is best about your spouse. Be, be an expert in <clears throat> your yeah. spouse's best qualities. Of all people in the world, you should be the one who's highlighting their best qualities. Yeah, and, and dwell on those. Yeah. Don't just dwell on their flaws. But I mean, say, yeah, you know, she's got her closet's a total mess, but she's really smart and she's she's interesting to talk to. And I like to spend time with her. And, and you know what? The closets have doors. I shut the doors. Yeah. Out of sight. Out of mind. As long as we have separate closets, there's harmony. This, see? And that's sometimes you just got to make it work. <laughs> Number four. Okay. You've already kind of touched yeah, on this. Settle one. in your mind that the one you marry is your companion for life. Do not. Do not threaten divorce that is a rule that chad and i set very early on in our marriage do not we do not talk about divorce that's never been something that is an option on the table and it really does i think help your mindset in marriage if you are both determined that will never be an option for us there are couples that we know that we deal with on a consistent basis that that is a regular way that they fight is they threaten to leave each other. I know, it's so stupid. It's just such a, <laughs> that is the prime way to breed insecurity and distrust in your marriage is to talk about getting divorced. Don't do it. Just just yeah. make a truce and you decide, I don't care how bad the fighting gets, I don't care how yeah. how many arguments we have, we will never <clears throat> threaten to divorce each other. Yeah. And and that's something, another one of those deals you've got to, if, if you come from a, a divorced home, I guess you could go one of two ways. One, you could say, I'm not doing that. You know, you, you might have, you might have experienced the pain and hurt of a divorce of your parents uh, or a close friend or whatever it might be. And, and your reaction might be, I'm going to make sure that that's just not ever going to happen. Yeah. Or, or it could, you, some people might react by saying, well, you know, there's, you can, I mean, my mom got divorced and, and, you know, I mean, my, my personal mom did not get divorced, but you might say <laughs> my mom got divorced and, and you can do that. Yeah. You know, and that's, and it's all like you think of your marriage as having an escape hatch. So I think the, the, the key there is in your mind, settle on the fact. Don't think and don't keep it in the back. Don't say, we're never going to get a divorce. We're never going to talk about divorce. And then keep it in your brain that, well, you know, if 
worst comes to worst, I'm out of here. Yeah. Settle in your mind and in your heart that this is your companion for life. Right. That this is who I'm with for the rest of my life. Even though I don't know what that's going to look like or what that's going to be like, we're going to be together till one of us dies. Number five, take more notice of the good than the bad or the weakness of your spouse, which we kind of do. These kind of run together. Well, this one, I think there's there are some important exercises you can do in your marriage if you feel like that. I think we all have times in our marriage when our spouses are just, they're just grating on our nerves and they are annoying us. And you can get into these patterns where everything your husband or wife says is just driving you crazy. And you just are only thinking about, well, they didn't do this and they didn't do that. And that woman's husband is like this and she does that and he never does that, you know, and all this stuff that you get into these patterns of thinking. If you find yourself in one of those patterns of thinking, stop, take a step back, get out a piece of paper, write down some things that you have seen your husband do or your wife do that you appreciate. Mm -hmm. Really intentionally sit down and think about what your life would be like if your spouse wasn't here to take care of this or take care of that or do these things that they do for you. Mm -hmm. We lose sight of how much we do for each other sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if you stop and really appreciate it, then you can start to see the good things about your spouse instead of being caught in that negative pattern of these thoughts Mm -hmm. that are always compounding on top of each other. Well, he's not this way and he's not that way. Don't think about what he's not. Think about what he is and think about the praiseworthy things about him. And things you could thank her for um, that she does. So, you you know, take notice Take notice of it. Yeah. So be say it out loud, you know. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing... Thanks for helping me do that. Say it. And when you start to think and notice and think of all the things that the person's doing, you'll realize, wow, she's great. Or yeah. he's great, whatever it might be. The other day I was doing laundry and, and you walked in there and you said, thank you for doing all this laundry. You remember saying that? Yeah. And that, I cannot tell you what that did for me that you said that. Because I do a ton of laundry. You know, it's a lot of people's clothes. Five people. And it just it just made me feel so happy that you noticed that I'm doing laundry, you know? <laughs> yeah, so notice things like that. And, and then you won't be so... That's kind of like a, uh, a medicine for your annoyance. It's to think of mm-hmm. all the good things, as right. you were saying. Okay, number six, sort of what kind of uh, maybe piggybacking on number four, but... Consider your own faults before you make an issue out of your spouse's. That's really good advice, right? That's a good one. Because once you start, because if you dwell upon the last thing you did that was just rotten, and if if everybody knew it, Mm -hmm. uh, no one would be your friend. You know, the way that maybe a thought that you had, or something you did, or something you said, or whatever it might be. Um, your t- a, t- a tendency that you have towards laziness or whatever it might be, um, dwell upon that, and, and you know, because we sort of get this strange idea in our head that, well, you know, my wife is so lucky to be married to me, <laughs> and and uh, I don't know that I've ever had that thought, but I, I could, you know, I think you could have that thought, yeah, um, because why why else would you ever be upset with someone other than to think that you're better, mm-hmm. you know. 
that I deserve better than what I'm what I, the way I'm being treated. Mm-hmm. I deserve you know, and if if you get the attitude, I deserve better. I deserve better. I deserve a wife who does this or looks like this or can do this or makes this much money or has this. Okay, uh, you know, why couldn't they say the same thing about you? You know, whenever people tell me <clears throat> that I'm doing something wrong or I'm a bad person, it's interesting that as a pastor, there's so many people that know uh, or that are not afraid to tell you that you're a bad pastor. Normally they don't go to my, I mean, the people that have always told me that or that have ever told me that have never really actually been a part of the church where I was a pastor. Mm -hmm. But I've had people tell it to me on the phone. Uh, I've had people tell me, you know, come into my office and ask for help in some way, money in some way. Don't give the help. Don't give the money. I remember one time there was somebody that wanted our church to pay for their brother's cremation so that the city would give them the ashes or something. And I was like, you know, it's just really not in our mission to pay for the, for the cremation. Um, your brother's gone. That's just all that, all the ashes really are ground up bones. It's not really ashes. And, uh, that probably is not the thing to tell someone grieving, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I was just like, you know, all it is, is ground like up. that makes it you, like you really need an urn full of ground up bones. Uh, you know, I was just, I was just trying to reason with her and she was like, you know what? You're a terrible pastor, you know? And I was like, I know, I know I am. I don't need you to tell me that. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't even know the... Ha- I mean, when someone is critical of you, here's, here's what you should think in your mind. Here's what I think in my mind. You don't even know the half of it. Yeah. You, you've spotted how awful I am when I'm putting my best foot forward, and you don't even know the half of how bad I am. Right. And when I consider my own faults and my own weaknesses, my own sinfulness and depravity, then it's really hard for me to be judgmental of anybody else. Right. It'd be hard for me to say, you des- that I deserve better than you. When, when I know that I, that I'm just amazed that anybody married me. <laughs> <clears throat> That's part of, part of my issue, you know, my whole life. I've had a, I've had a, what do I say? I have low self-esteem, but great self-confidence. <laughs> I've always had very low self-esteem, but very high self-confidence. So I don't think much of myself, but what I do think of myself, I think a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> but just on it, being honest about it, I mean, that's just really, that's really a, a great piece of advice. Yeah, we have to consider the fact that we're not perfect either. We've all got issues. Okay, yeah. number seven, we've got to wrap this up because we don't around. want to go too long on you guys. All right, so number seven is stir up the best in each other and not the worst. <laughs> are there, you, how are you doing there? <laughs> there are, um, when you have lived with somebody for a while... You know how to push their buttons. You know how to really get under their skin. You know how to drive them crazy. <laughs> Stop. You don't like to be tickled. And um, don't just don't do that. Don't do that. Don't bring out the worst in each other. The point of a marriage is to show everyone a beautiful picture. Of Jesus and the church. How awful if we as Christians are just showing them, oh, we're just going to treat each other horribly and and I'm going to make him yell if it's the last thing I do. Yeah. You know, or I'm going to make her cry because I can. Yeah. 
just don't bring out the worst in each other. Yeah. What we should be doing is spurring each other on to holiness, to goodness, to patience, kindness. I mean, these are things that we should be bringing out in each other, not anger or bitterness or the things that we tend to do in marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just enabling. You need to enable the person <clears throat> to unleash the giftings that God has given them and the talents that they have naturally. Um, enable them to unleash those in the proper places for them to be done. So don't say things like, "Don't I don't want you to go do this or I don't want you to do this. I mean, make those decisions together about priorities. But when the person says, you know, that I, I really think I need to do this, well, go all in on it. Mm-hmm. You know, make it possible and help. And uh, let, let them... Um, flourish and thrive uh, and that's how you stir it up that's how you I would say you stir up the best you encourage and you uh, say yeah look, we can we can do this and uh, you know I think with sometimes that's, that's hard because you, you're you t- it's kind of sometimes you're taking some risks there you know whenever you um, decide to buy a subscription to this or do this or, so you, or, or pay for uh, you know when someone says I, I really feel like I need to get a degree and you could say we can't do that. There's not. We can't do. And, and yet, if they if they want to go back to school or they want to be a part of a Bible study class or something, encourage them to do it. Yeah. Stay. If, if they've mentioned that, and then they've oh I, I don't know. Hey, remember that class you talked about that you wanted to take? I think you should go to that tonight. Yeah. Uh, stir stir those things up in one another, and encourage one another, and don't beat each other up and and uh, uh, and and cause strife. Uh, in in your marriage for no reason. So stir up the rest. So let's just recap these really quickly. You know what? I feel like that this entire list Mm -hmm. that we've just spent a long time going through can be summed up in two words. Be nice. Be nice. Just be nice to each other. Be nice. It's not that hard to be nice to each other. Make it your mission. Make it your goal. Just be nice. Yeah. Be, uh, Be kind to one another. Oh, I got another way to sum it up. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of golden rule living, right? Yeah. Yeah. Be cool. Be cool, my babies. Come on. Okay, let's wrap this up. All right. So here we are. The seven seven things. Marry an amiable person. Be an amiable person. Be friendly and pleasant. Make sure you can completely love the person you're married to. Uh, Know their imperfections and flaws as well as their best qualities. Settle in your mind that divorce is not an option. Take notice. uh, Take more notice of the good than you do the bad. Consider your own faults before you make an issue out of your spouses. And stir up the best in each other and not the worst. That's our podcast for today. Day three of Nutty November. Your challenge, be nice to each other. Be cool. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye.